0: Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. What we're talking today about is addiction. Now, in my world, it's a lot of food addiction, of course, because people come to me and they want to lose weight. Number one reason uh, patients come to me, well, number one reason is pain. Number two reason is digestive issues. And then number three issue is weight. So um, so a lot of people come to us with weight issues. It's the number one show downloaded on our website, drjoe.com. So everyone has concerns about weight. And if we don't address the addiction portion of weight loss, weight loss will never, ever, ever be addressed. And addiction occurs in the brain. doesn't occur in the digestive system. It occurs in the brain, which can be affected by the digestive system. So until you get your brain, I don't want to say right, but normalized, uh, you'll never ever get to the point where you feel comfortable losing weight and being in the normal world again. So addiction involves a craving for something, loss of control over use of it, and continuing involvement with it despite adverse consequences. So basically what happens is uh, if you have an addiction, you're doing something with adverse consequences, but you keep doing it. And because there's a pleasure that goes along with it. Sometimes it's a weird pleasure. You don't think of it as a standard pleasure, but it's stimulating parts of the brain that go, "Ooh, I like this. I want to do more of this, which is kind of bizarre. I know in some cases we'll talk about that. It changes the brain first by uh, subverting the way it registers pleasure and then by corrupting other normal drives such as learning and motivation. Breaking addiction is tough, but it can be done. So you're getting pleasure from it, from it and then it overrides logic. And that's where the problem comes in. I know I shouldn't be eating this cake. And I used to be fat, so I can say the F word. Uh, I know I shouldn't be eating this cake, but I'm overriding logic to get this momentary pleasure. And then the pleasure goes away. What do you want to do? You want to get more pleasure again. So, so the word addiction is from Latin. It means enslaved by or bound to. So it really is you're enslaved to your addiction. You can't go, just walk away from it. Anybody who's struggled to overcome addiction or always tried to help somebody do it, they understand that it really is you're being enslaved. Uh, addiction experts have, uh, 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 addiction is, exerts a long and powerful influence on the brain, and it affects the brain in three ways. Craving the object of addiction, loss of control over its use, and then continually using it, and that's where the problems come in. And that's when it has an adverse effect not only on your life, but on other people's lives. Uh, I feel that way about alcohol. Uh, I have friends that drink. I have a lot of friends that drink. In fact, I have very few friends that don't drink. But my thought on alcohol is this. If you drink, as long as it doesn't affect my life, that's your call. But when it starts affecting my life, now I have to make a decision as to what direction I want to go in with this friendship or whatever it is. So, we used to believe that alcohol and drugs were the only things you could be addicted to, but a lot of new research coming out now shows things like gambling, shopping, sex, they can corrupt the brain and have the same effect essentially as food and drugs, as drugs and alcohol. And so, many people say, well, I just love shopping, it's my thing, it's my habit. Uh, it could be actually be an addiction. I know a friend of mine, uh, he had a, his wife, and this is many years ago, uh, he showed me a picture one time. He had a bedroom, normal-sized bedroom, piled five, six feet high with clothes that still had the tags on it. So she had a problem, obviously. She bought this stuff, she never even wore it. So now we start thinking, what's going on in her brain to make her do this? There's consequences to this. It was affecting her marriage, it was affecting her pocketbook certainly, and she bought high-end stuff too. And so obviously there's consequences to this, but she kept doing it. Why would a logical person do these things? It's not about logic. It's about brain function and a, a chemical called dopamine, which you've heard me talk about in the past, and the pleasure of neurotransmitter called dopamine being released and you doing illogical things just for that moment of pleasure. So uh, the standard U.S. Diagnostic Manual, this is where we come up with our diagnostic codes, uh, describes multiple addictions, each tied to a specific substance, substance or activity, But it all seems to come back to one underlying brain process. So we can do live action studies of your brain, and whatever that addiction is, gambling, shopping, and uh, food, drugs, alcohol, and the same part of the brain lights up, the nucleus accumbens. And that's part of the brain that produces a lot of the, the dopamine, and you get high from it. So a simple explanation is that, A, you're not producing enough dopamine, and so your body wants to produce more, and whatever this addictive behavior is, produces dopamine, or B, you may not genetically have enough dopamine receptor sites. So what that means is you're not absorbing the dopamine properly, and so you may produce enough dopamine, you're just not absorbing it, and so what do you want to do? You want to produce more dopamine to stimulate the few receptor sites that you have. Either way, dealing with it is essentially the same thing. So, I mean, no one wants to be addicted, but twenty, nearly 23 million Americans, mo, uh, almost 1 in 10, are addicted to alcohol or drugs. Those are the two big ones. More than two-thirds of people uh, abuse alcohol, which is more uh, popular, but more used than drugs. And top three drugs that cause addiction, marijuana, uh, painkillers, and cocaine. So way back in the 1930s, researchers began to investigate the cause of addictive personalities and who developed addictions and who didn't. It wasn't about willpower. What they originally thought was, A... You have to be punished if you do an addictive behavior and b you have to muster up uh willpower to break the habit it's not about really either one of those because many people have been punished you've been thrown in jail you get out of jail what do you do you go right back to your addictive habit so punishment may not be the solution and willpower certainly isn't because if you had willpower you wouldn't be doing it to begin with so willpower is kind of like a made-up word so the scientific consensus now is totally changed Uh, Cardiovascular disease damages your heart. Diabetes impairs your pancreas. Uh, Addiction affects your brain. So we talk about addiction as a disease. It sort of is because it's affecting a certain organ. And that's where the problems come in. So the brain registers all pleasure in the same way. Whether it's a, a drug, it's a momentary reward, it's a sexual encounter, it's a satisfying meal. The brain says, ooh, I like that. I want to do that again. So in the brain, pleasure has a, a distinct signature. It releases the neurotransmitter dopamine from the nucleus acubens, like we talked about, and that's a cluster of nerves uh, in the cerebral cortex, and so it's kind of inside the brain there. Dopamine uh, release in the nucleus acubens is so consistently tied to pleasure that neuroscientists refer to it as the, the brain's pleasure center. So we know that whenever there's pleasure, the nucleus acubens is gonna be involved. All drugs of abuse from nicotine to heroin cause a powerful surge of dopamine in a nucleus accubens. So we've traced it all back to one place, which makes life a lot easier. We can, it's, it, like I always say in any case that comes in our offices, we wanna to get to the cause of the problem, not just treat the symptoms. So now we're finding out with addiction, the cause is a nucleus accubens issue. So the likelihood that uh, the use of a drug or interacting with things that cause this uh, action uh, are gonna lead to addiction is directly linked to the release of dopamine. And again, is it too much dopamine or is it not enough receptor sites? And I'll talk about those receptor sites. X have a specific name and we'll talk about that in a second. Now, there's so much to cover when it comes to addiction. Right before we, we went on the air, I was talking to Sierra, my producer, and I said, I've got so much to cover. And she said, maybe we'll even do a part two on this one. Because when it comes to health, so many times our health is adversely affected because of addiction. And why? Because it brings you pleasure. And if you have pain, and I'm, a, I, I'm board certified in pain management, so I deal a lot with chronic pain patients. They come to me from, uh, of course, patient referrals, radio and TV shows that I do, other doctors, pain management doctors, orthopedists, neurologists, neurosurgeons, will send the patients to our office and say, well, we don't know what else to do with them. We can't keep prescribing. The law says we can only do X amount of medication. Now, the problem comes in with that, and this I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, is that without the medication, they're going to go out and do other things. Friend of mine um, was a, uh, is a dentist, and we were talking one day, and he's probably in his mid-60s, and we were talking about addiction one day, and he said, yeah, unfortunately, I lost my wife to heroin. Now, this guy is, you know, upper middle class, drives a nice car, probably lives in a nice neighborhood, has a very nice, successful dental practice. She was in a car accident, and that's what it came up. He said, I wish I had known about you. I would have sent her to you because you're the expert in pain management, a expert in pain management. There's others. And... He said, uh, we, we got her on medication, and the doctor said, I can't prescribe any more of the medication. The law says you've gotten all you can get. She went out on the streets and started doing heroin, buying heroin, and she died of a heroin overdose. Now, here's an upper-middle-class woman with plenty of money. Why did she do it? Because once those pleasure centers in the brain are activated and altered with drugs, uh, logic goes out the window. And that's where the problem comes in. So if you're taking the same drug through different methods of administration, that can lead to addiction. So smoking a drug or injecting it intravenously, as opposed to swallowing it, generally produces a faster, stronger dopamine signal, and that's more likely to lead to an addiction. So the same drug taken different ways can have different effects on the body. So I'm getting a little technical here. I do wanna get into what to do about it, but I've gotta cover this first. I want you to understand where it's coming from, because once again, people come to me all the time with, with food issues. they'll say dr joe i know i got to stop eating cake every day but i can't i don't have willpower but when i explain to them what i'm explaining to you right now the effect that it has on the brain they say okay now i get it it's not willpower and when you don't have willpower you get mad at yourself and you get disappointed with yourself and then what do you do you feel bad you feel bad what do you want to do stimulate dopamine and you go right back into that that cycle and we want to break that cycle so when you understand it's a brain issue not a willpower issue it makes life a little easier." So addictive drugs, drugs, uh, they, they create a shortcut, basically, to the brain's reward system uh, by flooding the nucleus accumbens with the dopamine. The hippocampus, we've talked about that already, uh, feeling full, it's a thermostat in your body, that's another part of the brain. Uh, the hippocampus lays down memories as as uh, this rapid sensation of satisfaction. And so the now the hippocampus comes in and says, oh, I remember when I did cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas, drugs, I got pleasure out of it. And then the amygdala creates a conditioned response to a certain stimulus. So you, the, the body, the hippocampus says, oh, I remember that. The amygdala says, okay, if I smoke it, I get one reaction. If I inject it, I get another reaction. If I eat it raw, if I cook it, you know, when we're talking about foods. And then it gives you a dopamine release. So we're dealing with several different parts of the brain all interacting to make you act on the thing that you're addicted to. And it's really hard to override the brain. We can do it. We'll talk about that. So scientists once believed that the experience of pleasure was enough to prompt somebody to continue seeking that addictive uh, activity. I got high from it. I liked it. I'm going to do it again. More research uh, has been done, and so it's a little more complicated than just that. Dopamine not only contributes to the experience of pleasure, but it plays a role in learning and memory. Once again, we've got the uh, the amygdala, the nucleus accumbens, the hippocampus all working together, And so that dopamine release is interacting with everything else, and so you learn, ooh, if I do this, I get pleasure from it. So the reward center in the brain uh, includes motivation and memory and pleasure. So some people will kill for drugs. They'll steal for drugs. They'll give up their job, their family, their house, uh, their life savings because there's such a reward at the end. So repeated exposure to addictive uh, substances or behavior, Uh, causes the nerve cells in the nucleus acubens and the prefrontal cortex, another part of the brain, and this motivates you to seek out what you want. So over time, the addiction becomes more serious and it starts to interfere with everyday life. Uh, People experience addiction, and they're also prone to cycles of relapse and remission. So you may have somebody who says, I haven't had a drink in two years, five years, 10 years, and what happens is then you go back. And, And if you've ever been to an AA meeting, if you know anything about Alcoholics Anonymous, the rule is that you could never have another drink You can't have a drink on Sunday. You can't have a drink on your birthday. You can't have a drink uh, when you're tired and coming home from work. You need a glass of wine to relax. Same thing occurs with food. The problem is you don't have to have alcohol. You can. You can't live without food. And so you can take alcohol and remove it from your life. That's a doable thing. It's not doable to take food out of your life. And so there's different levels of, of satisfaction you get from different foods. And that's where the problem comes in. You say, I'm going to have a salad, which I had today. Okay, salad was good. Well, maybe I'm going to add some croutons to my salad. Okay, so the croutons are bread, which breaks down into sugar. And now you think, well, I had a salad. It was healthy, but you put croutons on it. So you kind of start inching back into that bad world. And then you said, well, I had a little bread. Well, you know what? I can probably have a a donut too, because it's just a little bit of sugar. And that's how you fall back into it. So you got to be careful. Uh, with the food addiction my rule on food when it, when i deal with people trying to lose weight and eat better is one rule is simple get the bad food out of the house because if i went home right now and opened my refrigerator you now i'm vegan i don't eat any animal products but if there was vegan donuts in my refrigerator or if there was uh i don't know carrots and hummus what would i eat well i'd eat the donuts i'm just like you i want the one that's going to give me the most pleasure so if it's not in the house, even though I may be craving vegan donuts or donuts or whatever your, your pleasure is, if it's not there, you're less likely to be tempted. And don't have cookies in the pantry because guess what? They're still there. When I say the refrigerator, I mean the whole house. Get the bad food out of the house so you won't be tempted. If you're an alcoholic, is it a good idea to have a bar, a stock bar in your house? Absolutely not. First thing they'll teach you in AA meetings, get the alcohol out. Don't hang out with people that drink. So if you had a group of friends and they always go out for drinks and dessert, and that's something that's one of your triggers, well, you might not want to join them for that. Maybe join them for dinner and say, listen, i got to leave early. You don't have to lose your friends. You can just say, I have to leave early. I can't go out for, you know, a pastry and and, and coffee and and a drink afterwards. So you have to start thinking, what's putting me in this, this world where I'm being exposed to the things that I'm addicted to? If you're a gambling addict, well, you shouldn't be a croupier. You shouldn't be dealing blackjack in Las Vegas because that's not a good environment for you. And so you have to start thinking what environments work for you. Now, besides nicotine, drugs, and alcohol, there's coffee and caffeine, which is extremely common. And you may not realize how addicted you are to coffee. But when you and the, the, the test we do is if you stop taking it, do you get irritable, agitated, start thinking about the food, and then find ways or whatever it is to get that back into your life. Uh, gambling, anger, you can be addicted to anger. Anybody know people like that? They, they're, they're, Garrett's nodding his head. They're, they're addicted to being a jerk almost, but that's how they get a dopamine release. They yell, they scream, they jump up and down, they punch the table, whatever it is. So if you can be addicted to anger, food, of course, technology. How many people are addicted to technology? I think we all are. Because we're finding when you're on that screen, whatever that screen is, your phone or you're playing a game or anything, it stimulates the nucleus accumbens to release dopamine, you're getting high. And if I said to you right now, you cannot look at your phone for the next three days, could you do it? Probably not. I just got to check my messages. I just want to see if I get any texts. I want to see what's going on. I got to check the weather. Those screens are very addicting. I'm sure they weren't created to be addicting, but they can be addicting. Now they are. What do you mean now they are?
1: All these different uh, app developers and things like that are, are hiring people to help create more addicting protocols for their apps.
0: Right, yeah, you know, it wasn't intended to be that right. way, now suddenly right. we realized, yeah.
1: Hey, if I can get this person to stay on their phone for an extra hour today... We can make an extra, you know, and duplicate that across a million people. There's $10 million more in advertising funds.
0: So we can make more money on it. So, and same thing with food. There's a a branch of food called food science. And what we do is in food science is we try to find out what chemicals we can add to the food to make Garrett, Joe Public, Garrett eat more of whatever it is, potato chips or pretzels or chips or whatever it is. And we do know that there's a, a magic formula for food addiction. And it's carbohydrates, fats, and salt. So what would have carbohydrates, fats, and salt in it? Chips. Right? You know the old commercial, can't eat just one? Yeah, because it's stimulating the nucleus acubins, releasing the dopamine, which then plays with the amygdala and the hippocampus. So you remember that that was pleasurable, and you learn what it takes to get that pleasure, eating more chips. And so now your brain has learned a new skill. And that skill is how to get high.
1: It's like the most fun aisle at the grocery store.
0: Isn't it great? Yeah, it's a chip aisle. You shouldn't go down it. Once again, you got to get it out of your life. But yeah, you go down the aisle. It's a whole aisle of nothing but, nothing chips. but chips. Isn't
1: it amazing? On the other side, soda. Soda. Well, that's <laughs> it. <More laughs> His real kryptonite is the bakery because you know you walk straight into the grocery store and right on the right is almost always the bakery. And I have to like herd him. Out <laughs> <to> Beat him.
0: <laughs> well, it's it, they, they, that's set up for a reason.
1: Yep. <laughs> it's on
0: purpose. And if you walk into some stores and you'll smell roasting chickens, okay, mm-hmm. you ever smell? oh, that smells good. And many stores will sell those ro- whole roasted chickens at a loss because they know that it's quick, it's easy, five bucks, 10 bucks, really cheap. And people get that. And then while they're there, they'll buy other things. And it's called a lost leader in, in marketing. And we're going to give you a lost leader. We're not going to make money on that, but we're going to get you in the store. And so the bakery is, they're luring Garrett in to say, you know what, Garrett's here and Wally's here what's he going to do? All his grocery shopping. So, and he's going to bring you, Sierra, to the grocery store too, with the bakery on the right, because that's what he wants to go to. It's because his, his brain has said, I learned a trick. I learned when I go into this grocery store, I know there's baked foods on that, so- that aisle.
1: I'll tell you what's worse, Sierra's favorite store in the world. She walks in, I don't care. We went the other day, uh, what Saturday, Sunday? Yeah. We went for. We were not in there for more than fifteen minutes. It's a very, very popular, we were there for very popular store. Okay. Um, we're there. We get some some uh, some bedding products. Uh, we got a couple of groceries. Uh, she got some stuff for her face and uh, hundred bucks.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes.
1: Uh huh. It's like there's no way that, that to walk in there and not walk out without a hundred dollars worth of course. Of stuff. And a lot of stores are set
0: up that way. And a lot of the, yep. the stores too have it set up so the checkout aisle—you have to go past a bunch of stuff. You know, it's designed that you have to get these impulse buys as you're waiting in the checkout line. So, yeah, we we uh, we know uh, we, uh, we, the marketing people. We play on your addiction. We know what gives you pleasure, and you're going to keep doing it. And
1: we start you young too.
0: Oh, it's very easy to start kids young. What's, what's every
1: commercial on on cartoons? Well, it's and you're, you're talking about the the checkout aisle. What's What's waste level to you, but eye level to a child? There you go. All the Candy candies, yeah.
0: It's all set up that way, yes. <laughs> and so we have to once we realize what's happening, what addiction is, then we have a better understanding as to what we can do about it. You're being played, and you're being played. And it's is what it is, okay? It's it's capitalism at its finest. Um, but you now have to say, I don't have to fall victim to that. Now, technology, sex, and work addictions are not recognized as true addictions by the American Psychi- Psychiatric Association. Uh, but I think we can all agree that they certainly can be addicting because why? They can have adverse effects on your life and you can't stop it. So what are some of the signs? Social behavior, such as seeking out the stimulation uh, that encourages substance or behavior. I'm going to go to Las Vegas. I'm going to go to the grocery store with the bakery on the right-hand side. I'm going to go hang out at this one place, this one bar, this one restaurant because the foods there or the, the, the products there can be stimulating. Behavioral increased secrecy. I'm drinking, but I'm not telling anybody. I'm eating cookies and cakes and donuts, but I'm going to hide them from my family so they don't know. Uh, Health-related, such as insomnia or memory loss. Okay, of course, alcohol and drugs would fall into that category. And related to personality. My personality changes if I do or don't do these things. I can't function without my coffee. Guess what, folks? That's an addiction. Now, there are other things you can do to get energy. The big question i get all the time is dr joe how do i where do i get my energy from without my coffee i I can't function uh a lot of things dr joe's super greens and dr joe's essential source i'll tell you my secrets because i don't drink coffee super greens and essential source b vitamins uh nitric oxide dr joe's nitric oxide support is powerful in fact the other day one of my secretaries came into work and her kid was up all night and she was just whooped she couldn't even keep her eyes open i walked in her office and she was had her head on her hand i think she was asleep and I said, okay, let me get you this. I gave you two Dr. Joe's nitric oxide, one B-complex, and one adrenal support. And within 20 minutes, uh, she sent me a text, and she goes, oh my gosh, it's night and day. This stuff is amazing. So again, we talk about supplements for their specific needs, like B-complex is good for the nervous system, and nitric oxide is good for circulation. But as a, a off-label benefit, you can take supplements to get energy, and then hopefully wean you off things like the coffee. And that's what, that's what our goal is, to get you off these addicting substances. So um, I take super greens, essential source, nitric oxide, B-complex, and adrenal support every day. I start my day like that, Um, and you probably should too, and it can help. Because here's the thing with addictions. when, Let's say food. When you're hungry, you're not hungry for food. You're hungry for nutrition. And when you give your body large doses of nutrition, it helps the brain produce dopamine. It helps stabilize the amygdala and the hippocampus and the the, the cerebral cortex. And so the brain works more efficiently when it has the right fuel. If it doesn't have the right fuel, what does it do? It wants a quick fix. And that's where a lot of those addictions come from. And so if we can give you the right nutrients, and most of the patients that come to us with addictions, we get them on a good diet. We get them on supplements, super green, essential source, again, for nitric oxide if they need it, B-complex if they need it, adrenal support if they need it. And then they're able to make better decisions. So I'm exhausted, and I've got to do something, whether it's go to work or raise a kid or do a radio show or whatever it is, and I'm exhausted, what am I going to do? I'm going to do something to give me that little fix for that one moment in time. And I want you to get over that, and so that's why supplementation and good diet is so important. And then pain, of course, we have to talk. We'll try to talk about the opioid crisis. I don't. We're going to have to do another show on this. We got way too much to cover, folks. I realize I got to go to break. If you have, uh, I've got to end the show. Actually, if you have any questions, go to our website drjoe.com, drjoe.com. I'm going to do a part two of this. I got way too much to cover. Uh, if you want to make an appointment to come see us, if you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, digestive issues, nutrition issues, we have offices in Marietta, Duluth, Stockbridge, and West Cobb. Usually our first visit is $375. That's exam, x-rays, consultation, first treatment, and then a second visit going over your findings and a nutritional evaluation. It's normally $375. we have reduced it to 149 through the COVID crisis. Uh, we'd love to have you make an appointment. You can do it at drjoe.com or you can call us at 844-44-DRJOE, eight four 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 44 i Dr. Joe Esposito, drjoe.com. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on WSBRadio.com and on the WSB Radio app.